Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Megan. And I'm Deidre. And we are coming to you for a new Thursday morning drop. So February 1st, we are changing our episode drop from Wednesdays to Thursdays moving forward. And we also just want to take a minute to welcome some of our new listeners and just give you a little bit of an introduction about who we are, what we do around here. This is episode 154. We have been at this for almost three and a half years now, the podcast, mm-hmm. doing Dauntless Grace now for, I want to say seven and a half years, um, but my maths could be very, very wrong because we know that that's not my strongest suit. I, I yes, know. I said maths. I I'm like British about it. <laughs> You're not very British though. I'm not even going to try to do a British accent. I it would come out like Jamaican or something. And then I would be just offending so many people. There's a few things we don't do well. And we we make those abundantly clear. Accent, sound effects, math. Uh, directions. Directions. We're very spatially challenged. And crafts. Crafting. crafting. <laughs> These are the, t- the subjects we stay away from. But we do some things really well. We talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> We're, I'm good at that. I'm really good at talking about Taylor Swift. Megan K. Hall, author extraordinaire. <laughs> Megan K. Hall out there crusading on behalf of all content creators on Facebook to make sure that men aren't copying my words to drive traffic to their own pages. Although I'm fighting a losing battle, it seems. We need some social media regulation out there. Yeah. The etiquette is not present. And even if there are rules, which there are, people don't follow them if it's to their advantage to do it a different way no it's true it's sad people should get some distance from the part of themselves that feels like they need to be the ones being spotlighted for someone else's creation (laughs) parts of themselves this might be new language too if you haven't been around long but we talk a lot of enneagram on here and we have been learning from ifs therapists so internal family systems is uh uh, just a model that we've adopted informally in our lives. And we use an IFS informed approach in our retreats and ministry spaces, in our clinics and coaching. And so we just talk about our parts a lot. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you should go listen to some of the series with some of those IFS uh, therapists. It's really, really cool. And it was a game changer for us, kind of like any- learning the Enneagram was. It's like just this whole new language that makes us understand ourselves and others better. So cool. Um, Speaking of Enneagram though, something else you should know about us if you are new to the pod is Enneagram Megan is also Megan K. Hall and her Instagram account is amazing. So much good content you dump there. It's, it's great. I, I need to get out of my Taylor Swift brain right now and think of some series that don't involve her because right now everything I'm coming up with is like lyrics based on each Enneagram type from one song, which I am totally going to do, but I'm trying to like wait a little bit because I feel like I'm inundating people with Taylor content at the moment. But you've yeah. got, you've got a lot of other great content there, like really helpful oh, yeah. to understand the Enneagram more. And so if you haven't, followed over there on Instagram you need to do so and I try to credit when I take those content like phrasing and words and some of the things I'm learning from other authors and teachers so I am like putting my money where my mouth is when it comes to trying to credit others for what I'm learning from them yeah um okay so this is funny but I had a stranger messaging me today because of my Taylor post 
and she was like finding me on Amazon. She's like, oh, you're, you're actually an author. And she sent me a link to our book, Walking Dauntlessly. And she was like, I'm going to grab this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm almost embarrassed to tell people about that now because not because it's not true. And I don't stand by it. Like it's our stories that we wrote, but it's been like nine years almost since we wrote this, since we wrote that it was before we knew the Enneagram. It was before we'd ever heard of IFS. And I just feel like there is so much more that we could talk about if we were going to introduce people to us in a book form. So I know I'm not going to get you to sit down and write another book anytime soon, but maybe this is the good time to be like, okay, since, since then, here's who we are now. Well, we're still those same people. It's just now <laughs> you read it, you're like, oh, they're just a one and a four that's in a relationship. <laughs> That had no idea that they were a one and a four, but it's painfully obvious reading it. But we we were very, that's why when we learned the Enneagram, we so quickly knew our number because we, like all of the language is there for the core, mm-hmm. the core fears, like not, obviously we're still our own people and have our own lived experience, which makes us different than other types. I don't mean that, but when you look at it, it's like, wow, if we just had had that language, it would have been a little easier to communicate some of this. Uh, but not everyone speaks Enneagram. So I still think it's it's a good introduction to why we do the work we do. And really, it's just about how our friendship um, ended up being a space that cultivated transformation in both of our lives because we were intentional about that. And I still think that's a real true part of the communities that we create even now. We just have better tools to make it happen uh, with less drawn out <laughs> time frames between things. <laughs> yeah. You know, the older I get, the more I've come to the conclusion that nobody knows what they're doing ever. And anyone who pretends that they do and pretends they have all the answers is lying. So I think, you know, we've always talked about transparency and authenticity and those other kinds of buzzwords that were just starting to be buzzwords when we, you know, began talking about them 10 years ago. But that's really what we want to live into, because if we're coming at you as like, we have it all figured out, neither of us have any problems, we're never triggered, all of our parts are fully whole and aligned every minute of every day, then you can just assume that we're lying and you have nothing to learn from us. So we don't pretend that that's the case. We are in the mess, figuring it out, just like everybody else. (laughs) Also, as you were starting that, I was cringing a little bit. I'm like, oh, don't even say it. Like, that's exactly not what we do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like, but you're, the Enneagram one is like don't tell everyone we messed up but also don't let them think we're perfect because then they'll discover that's not true <laughs> yeah like we don't want to obviously mess up but we do want to be authentically transparent is that a thing <laughs> no nobody I think, yeah I think the real thing that we talked about in that book like we were saying our stories the transformation comes in the middle of it in the messy part we get a testimony about something we've overcome that we can share with people. And I'm not saying that that can't be encouraging to people. Of course, those stories are good, but we we were really careful to not talk about that kind of story that comes at the end of it. We're talking mm-hmm. about how in the middle of it, you commit to transparency there because it's in the context of that kind of relationship where you begin to see new, um, new things about yourself you haven't seen. And at least for me, like as a one, I would rather get it all done and wrapped up and then present to you how the Lord has changed me or how this therapeutic work has made me better in this space or whatever. But that's not really what we're what we're looking for. We're really looking for connection with other people. Perfectionism 
doesn't ever allow for connection, you know? Um, yeah. Even like some of the things you realized you were doing that you thought was presenting the messy was still a disconnector because you were like putting it out there first before someone could see it on their own and reject. Right. So we all, we all have the yeah. ways that we do it, but there is just something I do feel like, even though it's a short little introduction book to us, it, it really is. If y'all see it, it's not a book book, but it's, a, it's a short book, just our story, but it's how we use the idea of in the middle of the story connecting. I still think there's a good message there. I still think it's a call to a different kind of community than maybe people have had in the past in their own experiences. I agree. I mean, I stand by what we wrote. I just would say it differently now with the different oh, language that we have. Yes, a hundred percent. And one day we should write that book. <laughs> one one day, and I mm-hmm. might already have a title. Just kidding. I don't. <laughs> You're like scared now. Um. So we started this, and our tagline was that we wanted to connect people to a meaningful story, and that's fantastic, but also vague. And I think what we've learned in the in the last decade is that that is true. And there are three kind of like prongs to how we do that, right? Like I, uh, like a tripod or a trifold approach to connection is really what we're aiming for. Do you want to share that with everyone? Because I feel like you're the one who taught me about this in the first place, really. Well, I don't know if that's true, but yeah, I'll always talk. <laughs> Uh, well, and the meaningful part is like, how do we define meaningful, right? We're not talking about success. We're not talking about getting to the perfect space. We're not talking about finding our identity through other people or anything like that. But what does meaningful mean? And I think we've come to this place where we understand that the meaning is found in this connection to God, in this connection to ourselves, our own parts, and this connection to others. And so I think that kind of forms that triangular shape you're talking about, that trifold approach of um, we, we can't just do one of those things or two of those things to the exclusion of something else and have the meaning. Like I can spend all the time in the world working internally on myself, but if I don't have connection to others, where's the meaning in my life? Or um, I can be doing a lot for others and never turn inward and there's still a meaningful component missing because I'm doing that work. I'm, I'm facing outward so that I don't have to face inward. And so really, what are people even connecting to in me if I'm just outward facing all the time? Like, where is the, it still breaks connection, right? And, and we feel like that there is a third connection, that that energy that some people would call the divine. Um, some people, you know, in different circles would say Jesus or God or whatever um, your language is for that. But it's important because there's a creator aspect to who we are that um, fills us with breath and purpose and this more eternal perspective. So again, if I only am working on myself and others to the exclusion of that more eternal perspective, I think we're really missing something meaningful too, because it's not just about the things that we see and this limited time that we have here on earth, part of it, but it's not all of it. So uh, yeah, I think that there's kind of this, I, I said before, when we talked about this, Richard Rohr talks about, the Trinity, God, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as three and not two binary things that you have to choose, but that it's an invitation to get into the context of the relationship of those three and that we have that invitation. So if we think about ourselves kind of having three parts almost and not, not necessarily, but you know what I mean? Like we have this internal thing, we have this external connection to others and this external connection, and it's kind of an internal connection with God that 
there's just a more meaningful flow of energy in that and uh, context that can bring wholeness. Uh, so does, does I grew, that... I mean, no, I think that was a beautiful explanation. And you and I both grew up in, in the evangelical world and the church culture. And I don't know if your church used this kind of phrasing, but I was always taught that you're supposed to connect vertically up and down with God and then horizontally outward with others. But I wasn't ever really taught much about connecting internally with myself. And I do think the church excludes that really vital third part a lot. And I, I think it's noble that they do that. I think they're saying we lay our life down for the sake of others, for the service of the Lord. But that noble reason has caused them to be so disconnected from who they are, who God created them to be, from their the body that God put them in, that it's really done a lot of damage, I think, to especially the Western church because of that. And so for all good reasons, maybe it's still harming us to not have that internal connection with ourselves. And then we have the secular world who is like, well, it's just about us and maybe sometimes others and no eternal perspective. And it's like, I think everyone at some point in their life, whether they've experienced death, loss, something amazing, standing on a mountain, whatever it is, they're going, oh, there's probably something bigger here. I think there's something in all of us that's kind of yearning for something beyond what we can touch and see. So whether or not they've ascribed to Western religion, you know, or or the American church, I think everyone can recognize that there's that longing inside of them. And then like you said, some people are just like, well, it's just between me and God. That's all I need. That's all I need. And then you can miss out on the others. So we're really intentional about using Enneagram and IFS for that internal connection. We also use those to connect with others. And we have used just even our friendship model of how we engage in the hard conversations and engage in transparency as a model for how people can walk this out with connection with others and then we just really try to create a safe space for people to go to that tender spot where they can connect with an eternal perspective where they can connect with God because that hasn't always been safe for people to do in a lot of spaces but we think that that is a place where compassion just is an abundance where it's just overflowing with grace and mercy and never any kind of condemnation or exile or shame it's just always always beauty and love that's being met in that spot yeah that's beautiful it's true and I would kind of now that we know what we know um just in the therapeutic world and the more we're learning um in those different fields and disciplines people are connected with themselves even when they're telling themselves to deny themselves there are still parts that are leading And when we're unaware, when we don't do the work to look internally and we're unaware, the parts that are leading may be doing us more, it may end up looking more selfish than Mm. selfless, if that's our goal, because when we ignore those parts, they're just going to get louder because there is something meaningful about the way that God's wired us internally to have connection with ourselves. And when we like try to bypass that, 
we think that we have more control over it because we're like, we're choosing to lay down our lives. We're choosing to serve others and surrender our own desires and all this, but there's still parts that are like, without us knowing that are like, well, actually <laughs> I'm going to drive the bus today. Well, actually <laughs> I'm going to make yeah. sure that I'm not taken advantage of or whatever the core fear is for that type. Right. And so I've just seen, it's why we have so much church hurt because people haven't done the internal work and they think that they're doing God's will, but they end up hurting other people just because hurt people hurt people. And you don't get to bypass that with spiritual language and think that it's holy. Uh, And again, I'm not saying every person who tries to serve the Lord without doing therapy work is hurting people. I don't mean that, but like we do a lot to preserve ourselves and to preserve our Mm -hmm. ego. And the less we know about that, the more that shadow self, as Richard Port would say, is very big and very large. And the shadow self is the part that we need to lay down, right? That It's the ego that we need to lay down, not our God-given desires, our God-given, like, um, hu- just humanness that he's created us with. Uh, so all of that has so much nuance that I think that we have now that we didn't have growing up. But we saw the effects of people still hurting people, even in, in the name of serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest takeaways from learning all of this has been that we all end up self-sabotaging the things we want the most when we're being driven by the things we're unaware of. Yeah. So it's, it's like, we all have really, really good desires and longings that were put in us by a creator that we were wired for connection. We were wired to desire good things and holy things and beautiful things and lovely things. And we spend our whole lives kind of either completely denying those because we think we're not worth going after our longings and desires or chasing them so hard that we're unaware of what's driving us to them that we end up self-sabotaging and and making the very thing we're afraid of come true in our lives all the time. The person who so desperately wants to belong ends up always feeling rejected. The person who desperately wants to be independent has to need others too much. Whatever that is, like we end up self-sabotaging because we don't know. We have no idea what's driving us. If we can't identify those longings, those fears, we're just going to keep in the same cycle of going, wait, why do I keep getting back here? And I feel like there's probably a Taylor Swift lyric for that, that we could bring this back full circle. (laughs) Wow, you're going to put me on the spot. You know, with 243 songs, it's really hard to come up with the perfect lyric at the right time. But I'm going to. (laughs) Give her just a second. You fill fill in the words I have one in my head. (laughs) I don't know. I just felt like we got a little too serious there for a minute. We would like to keep it a little lighter than that. (laughs) Oh, there in all too well 10 minute version, she says, um, I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to find it. And I kind of think that that's all of our lives journey. Like we are created as little tiny humans, fully ourselves without any awareness of anything besides that we are fully ourselves. And I think we spend our whole life trying to find that self again, like of just being present in who we are and what we were created to be and fully attached to the people around us in, in healthy ways. And we just spend our whole lives trying to find that again. Yeah, that's good. Because all of the disconnection came as we got older and learned how painful things were. And we found those ways to protect ourselves. And we stopped being fully human and started being doers and thinkers and feelers instead of just being. And uh, I think that's really cool. Like, what does it look like to come back to just, I don't know, even Jesus said, you know, 
your faith like starts with the innocence of a child. And I think it kind of comes back to that, like where the, the attachment comes in such a healthy way. It's a cool way to look at it. Thanks, Taylor. She's always got the <laughs> wisdom there. Taylor is my favorite theologian of the 21st century. Taylor <laughs> and Richard Rohr. <laughs> oh my gosh. You just got a bunch of people on one side of that saying, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> All right, Deidre, where are we going from here? What's new for us? What's coming down the pipe? What is it pipe or pike? I thought pipe. No, <laughs> then it's, then it's probably pump. pike. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> no that's correct I know but I uh, say it for an actual welt instead of well anyway we don't need to get into that so we actually yeah this year we're looking pike. ahead what's coming down the pike yeah it is pike but people have started to modify it to say pipe as more of a colloquial thing because they didn't know the real word what is a pike like a like well, the a pike like a mountain like a trail uh, like the turnpike a turnpike like a kind of highway so it's oh. coming down the pike the turnpike Oh, that makes sense. Thanks, just, Google. Just assume a pipe would be something that would carry things, but that's probably because we don't say turnpike when we say it. Interesting. Anyway, well, there's something, like your word of the day, folks. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, this year, um, I think we're looking ahead to getting some more um, people on to talk about the intersection of embodiment and the parts of us that need healing. Of course, we'll do some more Enneagram stuff. We like that. Um, so we'll have some series coming up and I don't know if it's too early to announce this, but uh, this spring we're going to start a Patreon where after some of these great episodes with therapists and authors and guests that we have on, you'll be able to get to bonus content with those authors and there'll be uh, a component of that that will have some live community coffee and Enneagram moments where uh, once a month uh, with us and with others who want to join in. So um, yeah, we're going to just start rolling that out in the next month or two. You'll hear more about it. Uh, we're super excited to take this next step in our podcast journey and in the community, you know, that we're building here with y'all. Um, Who is your dream guest or guests to have on the podcast? Like pie in the sky never gonna happen but I'm dreaming big who is it and boss camp I think oh really and well, boss, not Brene Brown oh oh yeah <laughs> it's Brene Brown <laughs> oh okay well but let's let's Anne shoot for both <laughs> also Anne if you're listening <laughs> yeah yeah well mine would be Taylor that would be amazing uh <laughs> never gonna happen and I think that would be called a pipe dream not a pike dream but I can look up that etymology as well um and you know I would love to see Glennon Doyle Jen Hatmaker some of those bigger names come on too I'm really excited because we're in talks with Andy Kolber about hitting us up um definitely going back to some of our favorite IFS therapists that we've already had on to bring us some new topics and some authors that we're going to put some asks out to so yeah stay tuned and stay tuned on Thursdays we're switch did we did, did you say this at the beginning we're switching the drop to Thursdays yes, because mostly because it works out with our schedules better. Also, if you're new, one last plug, join our mailing list so that we can get some information to you about this. And when we have retreats coming up that we're doing, we'd love to invite you to those in-person community spaces because they are, they're really transformative weekends. They're really cool. We've got a lot of people who've done multiple times uh, joining us. And so we'd love to see you and get to know you there. 
Yeah, you can find that out, like join the mailing list and get a free download at dauntlessgrace.org and I'll link it in the show notes too. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a review so other people can find us. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We're on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries and our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for coaching and training opportunities. And you can follow me at Enneagram Megan on Instagram. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast. Plus, you can click the resources tab to find books by all the authors we've spoken to or about. And you can find it at dauntlessgrace.org.